Hello and welcome to Inside Music, episode number 180. As always, I'm your host, James Shotwell, and it is great to be with you again. I hope you're well wherever you are, be it in a car, in your apartment, or in your house, or whatever it is you're doing right now while you're listening to the show. Know that we appreciate it, and we hope the day is treating you well. It's raining right here now in the Midwest. It's been raining for the last 24 hours, in fact, and while that gray overcast sky can make you a little little bit down, it has also lowered the temperature. And I don't know about you, but I like my Octobers cool and filled with sweatshirts and beanies and all things Halloween. And that's kind of where we're at right now as I'm looking out the window here in my office. My guest on today's episode is none other than Shy, lead vocalist for the band Savage After Midnight. And if you don't know who they are, I think you will very soon, especially if you're tuned into the world of rock. Savage After Midnight are currently opening an arena tour, which is led by Shinedown, Papa Roach, and Asking Alexandria, three immensely popular bands, all of whom have taken an interest in making sure Savage After Midnight gets ahead. Now, the curious thing about Savage After Midnight is that they've actually been together for the better part of a decade, at least the principal members. But there was a name change, there was a label deal, there's a whole bunch of industry stuff that happened that kept the band from going public until just this year. Their first single, 10 Feet Tall, came out at the end of 2018, and it has found a lot of success in the streaming world, and the group's debut EP, 1159, is quickly following suit. The band has a lot more already in the canon, ready to share with the public, and that's a lot of what we talk about in this episode. Shy tells me about the hurdles of the industry, learning to navigate it, and keeping your faith in what you're doing, even when things seem hard or frustrating or difficult. We talk about what it's like to figure out what songs you're going to release and how to make a radio edit and how to pick the right tours and how to deal with infighting with your bandmates when you're trying to decide what makes the record, what doesn't make the record, what makes the edit, what doesn't make the edit. There's a lot of industry inside baseball happening in this episode. So if you're a musician trying to find a successful path in this business or if you're somebody who wants to work in music, this is definitely an episode you're going to want to pay attention to. Now, before we get there, I do want to tell you a few quick things. This episode of Inside Music, as well as all episodes of the show, are brought to you by Holix, the industry standard for music promotion. Now, Holix works with record labels, independent publicists, artists, and other people in the industry to share new and unreleased music with tastemakers. Some of the artists who trust Holix to share their music include Blink-182, Green Day, Weezer, Fall Out Boy, Savage After Midnight, Shinedown, Papa Roach, Asking Alexandria, Metallica, Slipknot, Killswitch Engage, and thousands upon thousands more. Steve Aoki, Mariah Carey, I could go on and on. The point is, all these people trust Holix, and you should too. To use Holix for your promotional needs, head over to Holix.com. That's H-A-U-L-I-X.com. And when you get there, click the sign-up button in the upper right-hand corner, and you will get your first month of service absolutely free, courtesy of Inside Music. So go to Holix.com today. That's H-A-U-L-I-X.com today and sign up. I also want to encourage you to check out our YouTube channel. Yes, we're on YouTube now. I host a ton of video content there, and I want you to check it out. Our channel is called Music Biz. We got the URL this week, and we post three to five videos informing you about the latest happenings in the industry, how to navigate the industry, and what we can learn from the success of others who came before us. So please, go to YouTube and check out Music Biz. That's Music B-I-Z. Finally, 
obviously, you need to be listening to Savage After Midnight. I think this band is destined for big things, and they're doing everything right. They know how to work with the industry or work within the industry machine, if you will, to get ahead, and they're always looking for new ways to expose themselves to fans, to build new fans, and engage with their community. This conversation is going to give you a lot of insight into who they are and how they function, but please check out their EP 1159, or at the very least, stream 10 feet tall, and just get ready to watch this band take over the world of rock. But right now, sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Shy from Savage After Midnight. All right, man. How are you doing today? Doing well, doing well. I hear man. you just got out of the shower. So. I did. I'm actually nice and clean for once. Oh, that's nice. You know, it, it feels great. Just Venues know. like this on the tour, though, you should have showers like every day, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they're, the arenas are definitely where it's at, man. <laughs> <laughs> the catering is always bomb, and, you know, the showers are always nice. So Definitely can't say the same about, like, 600-person uh, rock clubs or something like that. No, we, we, uh, we actually wet wipe. <laughs> that's good i like a good tour shower story that's a good yeah, one what, we're, what we're just like? uh we're just keeping it uh, our hygiene is on point i'll tell you that well that's i mean it's good to know heading into an evening <laughs> um you guys are the first band on this tour playing every night how is that uh i want to we're just gonna dive right in i'm real bad at introductions no, um good. how has that been for you guys i like talking to bands that are opening arena shows because i feel like it's a it's a unique challenge in that you don't know how many people are there. I mean, the lights are usually down, so who knows if you can even tell how many people are there. But there's always like the, is there going to be a ton of people there right when the doors open? Or are they just you know flooding in as you're on stage? How's that experience it's, been? It's a mix. You know, it really depends on one day of the week. You know, if it's on a weekend, it's always, it's always like there's a lot more people when the lights come up. And you're right, when we walk out, it's, uh, it's pitch black. We can't really tell the depth of anything. We can't really see into the stands, like, you know, how many seats are filled at, the, at that moment. Um, but when the lights come up, it's the telltale all, right? So um, weekends, definitely better just because of, you know, of course, people are hanging out during the day on the weekend. They're like, oh, they get bored. They want to go to the show. Uh, weekdays, it's, it's really hit or miss whether they're actually physically running in. I've literally watched them at times run across the floor towards us, <laughs> which is pretty remarkable. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, one way or another, I mean, there's always several thousand people in front of us before we even play. And that's, um, that's a testament really to, you know, shine down Papa Roach and asking like, you know, their crowd, we're a baby band. We're just, you know, we're, we're coming out here cutting our teeth and it's cool to be on something of this magnitude this early out of the gate it's weird this is a this is a unique stop on this tour because papa and asking were literally here on august 20th across the street at tony monroe live so they weren't even announced as a part of this show until like the, the day after that on August 21st. So until then, it was just shine down and savage after midnight. I was like, damn, those guys are going to have like a direct support night. <laughs> and the day after, I was like, ah, oh, that's why. There like, we go. Uh, they got slick on us. We've done a lot of direct support for shine down uh, in the past, um, which is really, really cool. Now, I mean, we did we did a run earlier, uh, the beginning of last year with them as direct support. Um, and we literally didn't even have a record out yet 
at all. It was just getting out there, testing the waters, you know, seeing how things were going to be. You know, we had, I think we were in the midst of our record deal at that time. So it was, you know, just getting out there, just, you know, having a good time and whatever. But yeah, like see a people, direct support's definitely the slot, you know. But uh, uh, either way it goes, just to be on with the uh, caliber of Papa Roach and asking as well is, it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty gnarly. It is like a good like cosign, right? Because this is one. This is a really good tour package where anyone that likes one band should like all the bands. So if they don't know you going in, they should be. They, there's like that little bit of like, well, I like those other three bands, so probably aren't going to screw me on the fourth one. <laughs> right <laughs> they're probably not gonna trash just put some trash on the other one yeah and i feel like you know this is a good tour because all those bands seem to actually give a damn about developing the next generation of rock acts whoever that may be that is that is so true and that is the first time i've actually ever heard anybody come out and and say it well to but, be fair last month when when they, the tour rolled through they had uh, bad wolves was opening so i sat down with tommy from bad wolves and he would not say enough about like jacoby kind of mentoring him and also, Danny from asking, obviously. So I had that in my head rolling around with when I was coming to talk to you. Is like, oh, Tommy was like, those guys really care about new rock. Tommy's a cool dude, man. Like I met Tommy, um, unfortunately, um, I say that it was at a funeral. So my best friend is Shannon Guns from Sirius. Yeah. And <clears throat> when her boyfriend Cato, which is a really good friend of mine as well, when he passed away, at the, you know boyfriend at the time. Um, when he passed away, that's, I met Tommy out, you know, it was, it was cool, you know, bonded really quick, mm -hmm. you know, great dude. I actually think we all went to see an Avengers movie together. Amazing. Yeah. But super, super cool cat. And I he's, tell people he looks like the Hulk cause he's just, he's such he a, he is guy. a big dude, right? You he feel is, like you're in shape until you t sit next to him. Yeah. I walk up next to him. like, Oh my God. Right. Yeah, he's like, just an he, enormous human. It's obvious he used to be a security guard. He had a <laughs> of like he could throw somebody. Tommy, if you listen to this, I'm going to drop kick you in the chest. How do you feel about that? <laughs> and he won't move. No. <laughs> he, <laughs> he won't budge. Um, he won't I want to talk about the history of the band a little bit because I find your, your story is amazing because it is weird in a way that it's like, there's their debut release when I know you guys have been, most of you guys have been playing together for a long time. And there's the name changes and all that. But I'm mostly curious about like, there's the songs the world has heard, but how many songs do you kind of have in the canon ready to share with the world? Is there a lot of recorded stuff? Or oh just my god! Some of the paper? Like wow, yeah, you are you're digging in the right in the right grave. <laughs> like there's uh, an immense amount of yeah. music that we have composed, piled up, recorded, and honestly, a lot of it's ready to release. I mean, like from you know cover tunes to uh, to you know, originals, we, I mean, we have a massive amount of material and like this, uh, the new record that'll be coming out at some point, 1201, I mean, it's done, you know, so, and it's, it's mind blowing. It's really hard to pick the songs. Like it's getting to the point where it's like, ah, oh, I really want to put that one on. And we're only playing the stuff on this tour that's off of this record. We're not even playing any of the stuff that's going to be on 1201. So the first record was 1159. This one's 1201. So it's kind of like the lineage, like Savage After Midnight. So, um, but yeah, like massive, massive amount. And some of it crossover, like we, we've got a song um, that's going to make the new record. Um, it's called uh, Run From Me. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a crossover song. It's more alt than anything else. And it's a really different yeah. take on the band, you know? And to me, it's like, 
we're not trying to be pigeonholed as one thing or another. I mean, if I wanted to get up there and sing country, I'm going to get up there and sing country. If I'm going to get up there and rap, I'm going to rap. I don't mm-hmm. care. Mm-hmm. Like, we write songs and we perform songs. That's it. Like, okay. there's no genre and crossing and this. we we don't care mm. at all. This is a good tour for that to be your mindset. That's oh, great. Yeah. Like, because every band's got something different. You got, you know, from Second Chances, you know, with Shine Down and, and into, you know, Boom Lay or something like that from Shine Down. It's just. Yeah. Some people would be like, that's two different bands, you know? Same thing with Papa Roach, same yeah. thing with Asking Alexandria, and like coming from like super metal into, you know, this rock era that they're in now, which is like progressive and pushing the limits of rock and roll, which hats off to them. Yeah. Just um, amazing band. So when amazing. it came time to developing uh, 1159, was that all new material or was that? like the best of what you guys have been sitting on? Like, what is that release in terms of? Honestly, that was just a, that was a, that was a pick. Like we didn't even get to pick. That was a label picking and going, okay, we're going to put these songs on. Like this, this is what, what we want to do. Cause like I had to argue with them to get, I wanted to do singles. I wanted mm-hmm. to go single, 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 and just keep rolling that route. And they were like, no, like we want to go full record. So we met in the middle Fair enough. Yeah, on the first first record being broken into two EPs. Yeah. So and they got to pick the songs and on the new one I think the the trust is built and we're able, you know, we're picking what's on the new record. So mm. now what I always this is something I want to know about because I always find it curious. When it comes time to do like you guys did a, a radio edit for Unleash, um, and it's what is it? It's like thirty seconds shorter than the record mm-hmm. version. How many mixes did you go through to pick that radio version? <sighs> that process sometimes it's really simple you know sometimes it's like we cut a scream or we we like fix we shorten the bridge or something but in this case i want to know i know that obviously there's some stuff to trim off the beginning of the song if you want to make it radio friendly but how many mixes does it take to actually get to like this is the version that works immense amount (laughs) like it's literally because some people like cling on to so many like maybe that's their one element in the song you know that one you know moment in the song that you know makes their you know skin crawl you know they just have to have it there you know and then you've got so many brains behind it because you're trying to make your label happy you're trying to make everybody in the band happy everybody's trying to make everybody happy and at the end of the day somebody's not going to be happy (laughs) you know so so yeah after like beating our head against the wall i I will say that it's funny you brought that up because we definitely learned from that experience Mm -hmm. that it's like pick it and stick it Mm -hmm. because now we're wasting time yeah you know so sometimes i've got to be the death grip on it and just go nope that's it of course somebody hates me and i'm the dictator or whatever but at the end of the day we we got a song to put out yeah you know promote it right that's it now do you think that going through that process will inform songwriting moving forward because now you're like okay well if we want to do a five minute version of this song mentally i have to know how to make it four minutes yes okay Another hundred percent nailed it. I mean, man, it's like you've done this before, man. I, you do your I, research. Yeah, I've been doing this as long as you've been playing with these guys. Okay. So I, I, but I get fascinated. My like, my thing isn't so much. I don't want to be like, what's it like being on tour? I know how it's like being on tour. I've done tour managing and all that, but I want to know the business of music is what I'm interested in. Oh, so, and so when I see like radio edits, I'm just like, oh no, this is like that's a debate. That's phone calls. That's emails. Oh yes, 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 that's, it is. That's a lot of that's nephews. fist fights. That's that's <laughs> screaming. Like oh, we've got. 
got a we got a debate going right now. There's one song we know we pretty much know everything's going on the record. It's done. You know, twelve oh one. We're having a debate debate right now on one song that it's called Signals. I prefer the first half of the original chorus. Okay. And my guitar player prefers the first half of the chorus being a new version that he wrote. And we are at this like crossroads, like like two rams on the side of a mountain just smashing each other. Like who's gonna win? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> that is that is the hot topic on Betty White here, our bus. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love it. That's I like that. I love that kind of thing, and I love you know. There's always that one song that gets cut from the record, and then you get closer to releasing. Now we'll we'll put it back on there. Then now we're gonna cut it again, and half the time that ends up being the one people actually care about the most, and you're just like, what the hell? Yep, that's uh, <laughs> that was the argument with a label for Heartless Machine. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That's funny. You're nailing it. Yeah. <laughs> nailing no. it. That's literally, I mean, that was that was a debate. Like, it wasn't going. It was going. It wasn't going. It was going. It wasn't going. And, like, finally it was like, I was like, hey, look, that is my favorite song on the record. Mm-hmm. Make it work. People are going to like it. And they're like, I doesn't, I mean... I mean, honestly, I just, I didn't even care about that. I just love the song. I was like, that is my favorite song. That, like, Heartless Machine is just a testament song, you know? Yeah. It's like we've been through so much, Mm -hmm. you know? And that song, to me, it's just like we've been led to believe if we sound more like this, we could do this. You know, or, hey, if you did this, if you just change your image to this, we could help you. And we fought through that for so many years, years and years and years and years until we finally were just exhausted and we're like, okay, I don't give a flying about any of this. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even care if we're a band anymore. Yeah. Let's literally go write some songs and have a good time with it like we started this thing. Yeah. And ironically enough that's what landed the deal. And we had just a, a, you know, I don't know, a bucket full of songs. I mean, literally I remember looking on the wall and we would write song titles down as we go. Mm-hmm. And there was upwards of 60, 70 song titles of just completely finished songs. And they're still sitting there. Ah, uh, the music business. Yes. <laughs> Isn't it something? It is. It is really something. Um, you guys are in You guys are in a really good position right now, though, because it seems like people are reacting to the EP. You're on a tour where it makes sense for the band. It feels like it's going to push you forward now. How do you build on this momentum as we head towards... This is a question I'm sure the label asked. Now, what do we do from here to get to the to the actual album coming out? What's what's the next steps in building the, you know, the steam behind Savage After Midnight? So the next step is really uh, figuring out how the promotions for the new record's going to go. Mm-hmm. Like as far as the touring and, you know, that's always a perpetual thing. The more you're out there, the more, you know, just the better things get. Like they look at the metrics, like the behind the scenes stuff that, you know, probably you care about and maybe the listeners don't, but yeah. there's metrics. So they're measuring everything and it's increasingly harder for them to, it's increasingly harder for them to figure out like how well you're actually doing because how Facebook and Instagram, um, those are two of the major platforms that done it have changed around their algorithms. Yeah. So back in the day, like you notice now how Instagram is not chronological anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's all to monetize it. Mm -hmm. It's so you get all those boost your posts, boost your posts. Well, like, 
there's people on there like my brother for instance he's like he said something to me the other day and like i didn't even know it affected him he's like man you never comment on any of my stuff i'm like you never post and he's like it was actually a couple months ago and he's like uh i'm like you never post he's like i post all the time you just don't he goes, i guess you just you're too busy you can't see it and i'm like started clicking i was like holy crap like not even his poster coming up yeah. in my feed you know mm -hmm. and so like with that being said like figuring out a way to put out your music and get it out there to where the masses can actually get it and mm -hmm. receive it you know it doesn't matter how many followers you have on this followers you have on that like they're making it increasingly difficult if you want followers you've got to go through their methods and that always costs money. So, so then your label's looking at it like, where do we spend the money to get the band, the visibility? Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's an up uphill dog fight. It's not like back in the day when I think MySpace or something was like out and kicking. Like I think there were bands. I think there's a story about like Hinder where they blew up off of that platform, Yeah, you know? And like, um, I was a kid and I was, I didn't know. I just kept seeing them everywhere, you know? <clears throat> and to me, it was like, it's not that way anymore. It's really, really hard for artists to come out and do that. So to answer your question, I would say that right now is, is formulating the game plan in which to, um, to get this to everybody to where they can hear it. You know, it's just figuring out what's the right, right place to spend the right dollars so that they can, so that we can get the, the visibility up where it needs to be because it's all pay to play, no yeah. matter what you say, it's, it's crooked. It, it very much is. I always tell people these days that like you have, like there was a time in social media, especially where it was like people just like, you just liked everything that you liked and the content just kept coming. But now I, I my, my brain always tells to, says to people like, like the things that you really care about because that's the only thing you're going to see for like the next week or so. 100%. So like we just did a we just did a video for our YouTube channel on uh, on Bad Wolves and so I had did, been tagging them and stuff so now when I log into Instagram it's like my girlfriend and then like Bad Wolves then Tommy and then like Doc it was like the first four every time and I'm just like well now that's the only thing I'm going to see for the next week is just this stuff so if you want to see more from an artist you have to specifically like their posts and not like a ton of other posts because if you just go through liking everything, you're never going to see anything. Yep. It's, and it's definitely the truth. And it, like I said, I mean, that makes it increasingly difficult for young artists to get out there. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't have a label and you don't have like a massive bank account, mm -hmm. you know, one or the other or both, Yeah. you know, the odds of you getting the visibility you need are just very, very slim. Absolutely. And I, you know, I've been, I was really excited to see the numbers on some of your guys' songs on Spotify, like 10 Feet Tall, obviously being the biggest song on there, 400,000 plays. I was like, that's, that's really good for a rock band that's like trying to build a following. And it, it speaks to the power of those Spotify playlists a bit. I know you guys have some really good placements on there. Mm -hmm. Got that Allie Hagendorf love. She is so cool. She's like, like she just such a prominent figure in rock and roll. I feel like now most people outside, this is one of those business terms, like everyone in business knows her name, but if you aren't in there, you wouldn't even know that she's like shaping your taste in rock and roll. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. It's, it's her playlist. Yeah. And I mean, fortunately enough, you know, she digs what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just, it's cool though, man. Like, and it, the Spotify is like, they're literally trying to shell her off. Like, cause she's like, I'd almost be difficult to be her for sure because right. you're getting mauled every time you turn around by somebody else with their hand out being like, listen to me, please. Me top five right. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah. And that's crazy. The playlists are the real charts. I'm sorry, Billboard. (laughs) (laughs) You're going away. Yeah. Like the, the playlists are the real charts. They're the real definition. And that's another thing Mm -hmm. that is very difficult because, you know, you've got to be top on playlists, you know, on multiple or else when you start, if you drop on those playlists, you know, because they're all governed by amount of listeners, things like that. When people start dropping on those playlists, like you're falling down the charts you know, Absolutely. and that's like, there's like 50 million playlists. <laughs> so it's like, are, can you be number one at all of them? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't even know if that's a possibility. I got a press release today. I, I don't even remember who the artist was, but it was about an artist announcing their album. And the picture at the top of the press release wasn't the album art or the artist art. It was a Spotify playlist that they were the top artist on. So it was like cool vibes playlist or something. And I was like, wow, that's how powerful playlisting is. They're like, forget even showing them the album art. Who cares? Yeah, we don't care what the, the artist They're looks the like. or album for art. this Spotify playlist. Wow. Yeah, I was like, okay. That's insane. I mean, but hey, respect. respect. You know? yeah. uh, at the same time, you're like, I mean, it would be cool to be the, num- to be the rock this cover cover artists would be a cool thing to be you're gonna get a million plays 100 percent, 100 percent, 100 percent. all right well how much long how long does this tour run for you guys through october yeah we we um we go through october uh october like late october was like, like 20th something or yeah, 29th or something yeah, like yeah tw- well not for that far but like mid also mid-october no, okay. yeah and then we cut back um I'm building a bunch of houses in Nashville. One of them being my personal house. Okay. So I need to try to skate back to that because it's getting around like the times, you know, Fair we're enough. doing the finishing, like uh, picking out, you know, tile and, and all that stuff. So I'm pretty excited about that. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a good business to you be have, in right now, especially to, in Nashville. Yeah, man. I'm building a bunch of Airbnbs, me and a friend and, uh, pretty sick they sit on this um this ridge that overlooks all of downtown nashville okay on the east side west side east side like okay. uh are you familiar with nashville yeah, pretty fin- pretty okay familiar. so fern avenue okay like right behind where top golf is like right yeah. up there on that ridge okay so just ripping down um old hood houses and buildings so i've got like i'll show you in a minute like Three stories tall. You open the the balcony doors and just I walk out on my balcony. It's all just Nashville. It's gorgeous. That's beautiful. I actually just stayed in um in a treehouse outside of Nashville. I can show you, but it was oh um, sick, amazing. I love those. Yeah, I, I only travel on Airbnb. But my girlfriend is a regional box office manager for Live Nation, so we spend a lot of time in Nashville, as you can imagine. Oh so wow, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. With the Airbnb scene. That is cool. That is cool. That's super cool. Um, all right, man. Well, let's let's see what did we. I think we, I think we got everything here. EP's out now. Another yep. EP in the works. Check us out on Instagram. That's where we do the most of our our talking. It's just Savage After Midnight. Yeah, just Savage After Midnight. Straight up, we do all of our talking on there. So DM us, say what's up. Perfect. You know, and and we always talk back. Wonderful. And you guys have videos and songs and all that jazz and you're on tour shine down this month this will be out before the tour is over so people can still grab tickets hopefully in their markets yep and uh yeah man thanks for chatting with me today hey and i love that you love business that's that's awesome (laughs) great